This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have it. Today, we are talking about ground meat. Oh, yeah. I, I think I forgot until you said that that, that was the topic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was in the kitchen, and I can't, I can't cook and think at the same time. Like, I, if I try and have a conversation while cooking, like, I'll pause the cooking and then, like, realize I've been standing in the kitchen for 10 minutes without doing anything. I can only do, like, the mindless parts of cooking, like chopping or stirring or whisking while I'm talking. I am very mindful when it comes to those things, personally. Oh. And then I told Molly that I might have made this a little spicy, and Molly said, I'm DTS, down to spice. And when she said DTS, I was like... Down to sex? Is that like a thing someone say? <laughs> oh, you did make this spicy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm DTML, down to make love. <laughs> That's what Lori says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, oh, it that sound, Matthew. That sounds like her. He's always down to ML, down to mother-in-law. <laughs> no, that's G-G-M-I-L. Oh, sorry. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yep. Like ground meat could be a part of your Thanksgiving, I guess. We're having some trouble getting started with this episode, mm-hmm. I can see. Mm. Matthew, take us down your ground meat memory lane. Mm. So I wanted to use this as more of a, um, like my portion of memory lane at least, as more of like a uh, the show's ground meat memory lane. Because we've already done a lot of episodes on ground meat related topics. Like I we've think done you mean ground meat adjacent Adjacent, topics. you're right. Yeah. We've covered a lot of ground We've done burgers, meatloaf, meatballs, chili, bolognese sauce. So let's talk about other things we do with ground meat, which we've probably also already mentioned on the show. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh, Matthew. There's something I just thought of that you left off. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know there's tons. Okay. So- do you have do you have like childhood ground meat memory lane? Of course you do. Of course I do. So you know it's related to things I said on the meat loaf episode. Mm-hmm. So Crescent Market was where we would always buy ground meat growing up. When my mom was making meatloaf, as I mentioned on the meatloaf episode, she would buy Crescent Market's meatloaf mix. Which Your mom was, was making that meatloaf, which was beef, pork, and veal. Mm-hmm. But whenever we would have burgers, mom would also buy the meat at Crescent Market. And, you know, I'm sure that it was just like ordinary, you know, regular old USDA beef, not anything special. But somehow she made it special with love. Somehow it tasted better, I think. It was love. And what I mostly remember us using 
ground meat for uh, was, of course, my dad's hamburgers, mm-hmm. which uh, were so good. My dad's burgers, my mom's meatloaf, and I don't remember them doing much else with other ground meats. I remember, I don't remember much ground pork. I don't remember much ground lamb at all. Mm-hmm. I do remember when, you know, when like the low fat craze happened. I mean, who could forget yes. those dark days? Then there was like some ground turkey. Yes. You know? Sure. I'll, I'll sometimes make ground chicken like for making like a larb. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. But, the Thai salads episode. That was another ground meat episode. But that's episode. classic, yeah. right? I mean. I just, uh, I was just distracted because I got a text from wife of the show, Lori, that was just an ear of corn emoji. What does it mean? Yeah, I had to look back. Um, it was in response to me saying earlier this morning um, that I found the box of Frosted Flakes that I couldn't find. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, I you know, guys it, have a hot texting life. I know. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the, the husk was, like, peeling off the ear of corn mm-hmm. suggestively, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so Matthew, tell me about where you buy ground meat and which ones do you buy? I'm and, DTH, down to husk. Hold on. The ground meats of your youth, was it pretty much only ground beef? It feels that way. You know, I remember mostly burgers and uh, and like, you and know. Would you guys buy it pre-packet, like pre-formed or would pre- you guys? Pre-formed? No, the, the burger meat. Oh, the burgers. Okay, so. I, I think I think my dad I think probably both of my parents would sometimes like do hand formed patties but but mostly we would buy like the frozen Costco patties mm-hmm. yeah I do remember like one of one of my fondest ground meat memories um, oh but there are many of them. there are many of course it was going over to my friend Ben's house and his mom would always make spaghetti with meat sauce that I uh, positive in retrospect was. Um, just uh, like a jar of ragu and some and some sautéed ground meat, but it tasted Beef. so good because yeah. somebody else's mom made it. Yeah, and also and and like I think she she liked her spaghetti like quite al dente, which was a new thing to me as a kid, and I mm. liked it. Mm. You know, now that you mention other people's moms cooking things with ground meat, my friend Jennifer, whose mom Linda was the one who always had a box of boxed wine in the fridge. <laughs> And would drink it out of like a big plastic goblet out by the pool in the summertime with ice cubes in it, I seem to recall. Did we do a gazpacho episode? I think I think I talked about her on the gazpacho episode. Like Linda knew how to live. I don't think we did a gazpacho episode. I just remember Linda making gazpacho and pouring it out of a I know we've pitcher. talked about Linda like the coolest mom before. Oh, but God, I don't Linda know. Was de- and Linda slept in. Linda was like oh. one of those moms on the weekend. She would sleep in. Oh, God, those are cool moms. But like, is this... In, in retrospect, like like was there is there like an, a dark side to the story or no? No, okay, no, great. no. I mean, Linda continues to to be a lovely human being. Nice, yeah. So she totally beat the rap on that probably trumped up murder charge. <laughs> anyway, uh, Linda made a really good shepherd's pie. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm. that's usually with ground lamb, right? I'm not. I have a feeling she used beef because I think I would have. I think I would have thought ground lamb was strange as a kid. If you use beef, then it's technically cottage pie. Oh. I know this because when I was in high school, I, uh, I had a girlfriend who was from England. And uh, her dad, I, I went over, like, the, probably the first time I went over to, like, to have dinner at her house with her family, her dad made cottage pie. He wanted to be, uh, me to be sure that, that I knew that it was not shepherd's pie because that's lamb. It was cottage pie, which is beef. I don't think I had any idea what shepherd's pie was at the time either, so this lesson was totally lost on me, but I, I, it made an impression, I guess. Did they all have accents? 
They, yes, yes, they all had access. This must have seemed so incredibly intoxicating as a teenager. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, now we'll all just have a moment imagining mm-hmm. Matthew making out with his British girlfriend after eating a lot of cottage pie. That I was totally hot. DTMO. Down to make out. Make out. I was. I was. I was after. After I was DTCP. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay, but anyway, let's talk about... There's just just so much chewing on this episode. Let's talk about what your family bought in terms of... Where did they buy their ground meat? Costco? Probably at some point. Like, Costco was not... It was something that, like, came into our family a little later. Mm -hmm. Maybe when I was, like, in my early teens. Did Um, you guys have Sam's Club? I don't think we were ever a Sam's Club family. Okay. So it was really like like Fred Meyer was was the mm. was the supermarket okay. that the, my mom would shop at, and I I think we'd get like just the regular ground chuck. Okay, I think that yeah, I mean I remember my parents going out of their way to get ground meat at Crescent Market. Mm-hmm. Like if we were having burgers, we'd have to stop by Crescent Market on the way home from school. That's great, right? And now I can really picture that because I know where it is. Except now it's the Trader Joe's. Yeah, now it's Trader Joe's. Big bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, do you, have you ever ground your own? I have. I do it often. Really? Yes. So when I was living alone and I was going to grad school, I remember for, gosh, maybe it was my 21st birthday, I asked my parents for a KitchenAid, or a KitchenAid, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, no, uh, sorry, mixer? a Cuisinart, oh, okay. a Cuisinart, sorry, a food processor. And the food processor I have today is still the one my dad gave me for my 21st birthday. The pulse button, the plastic has worn off of mm-hmm. it because I guess I pulse a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're DTP. Uh, but anyway, I remember making some recipe when I was in grad school and cooking was like this hobby for me mm-hmm. uh, that was, it was before I had like really let myself consider being a writer. Yeah. And like, I, I think like cooking was just, like my obsessive hobby when I wasn't doing grad school. Sure. Stuff. And I would make all How sorts of How old were of, you at the time? I was 23. Yeah, that sounds I was about right. So cool. Yeah. I would do all sorts of fun stuff with my free time, like make homemade crème pâtissière, like a like a custard, like French pastry oh, cream. Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't need to explain. We all do that. <laughs> and my own like uh frangipane and I would make like my own like um, galette de roi at home. <laughs> I'm I am not okay. joking. Wait, wait. Let's go I... back. You didn't say what you did with the cream, the pastry. Oh, cream. you. I would mix it with the frangipane and put it in the galette de roi. Oh, oh okay. It makes a really nice texture. I of the thought frangipane. this was three different things. Or the frangipan. Mm-hmm. Frangipani, whatever you want to say. Yeah, fringy panties. Anyway, another thing that I did was I think I learned around this time from Eagolet. The yep. food forum that you and I were both on. Yeah. I think I learned about larb. Yeah. And I also learned about like some other interesting Thai dishes and things for which I remember it was recommended that I grind my own meat. Okay. And yeah, I that did makes not sense. have a KitchenAid mixer at that time. And so I didn't have anything that would have a grinding attachment to it. So I remember reading somewhere that I could grind meat if I cubed it up and put it in the mm-hmm. food processor. And let me tell you, that's just a different texture. I did it, mm-hmm. and I was like, eh. It's quite different. It's very different. So I did buy the the meat grinder attachment for the KitchenAid stand mixer, and I use it often. Really? And it hasn't broken? No. I, mean, I feel like that, 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 I don't know. I think that we had one briefly. I think it might have been a thing that Brandon and I registered for when we got married. Did you, and then we like, like broke it on really the first rough? try. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we like threw it across the room and sat on it. Did, and- you, did you try and put like a whole cow in there? <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I uh, I most often use it for pork because I find that the the quality of the ground pork you can get like at the supermarket is not very good. Um, and what what makes you feel that it's not very good? It always it always seems like too lean and like it was ground days ago. Hmm. It seems quite dry. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, if you buy like a a, a Boston butt or country style mm-hmm. ribs and grind that yourself, you will get a much higher quality grind of pork and freshly ground meat tastes better. And do you cut it into like one inch cubes? Yeah. Okay. And then and then I stuff it in there with the stomper. It's very satisfying. And what what is it called? The the die or the plate? What what do you call the I thing? Think the, that... I think it might be called both of those. I, yeah, that regulates the size of the grind. I use the 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 small plate more often. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I, this makes me feel like maybe I should give a like a KitchenAid attachment another another go. Yeah, I mean I probably use it like twice a month. Hmm. Wow, that's not insignificant. Mm-hmm. I'm a grinder. You are a grinder. Mm-hmm. I I are you on that that app grinder? I'm on a I'm on an app called uh, like called. KitchenAid, it's with, spelled with no vowels. It's like K T C N D, and it's like if you need someone to come help in the kitchen, if you know what I mean. Kitchened. Mm-hmm. Kitchened. It's yeah. It's called it's called kitchened. It's like when you really need to get kitchened. Matthew, um, so when you were first typing this out on the agenda, uh-huh. the, the thing about the grinding attachment, you you made a typo, and I really liked it. Yeah. Because told well, I, me what it was. I, I, I wanted to ask whether you've used a hand cranked meat grinder, but I I, I forget <laughs> half of what I typed. I know I wrote hand cracked. Yeah, <laughs> which makes me feel like it's like a there's like a peppercorn consistency <laughs> right. to the beef. <laughs> yeah, do not try and grind your own meat by stuffing it into your pepper mill. No, I don't think that'll oh, God. work. <laughs> but I don't know. This could be like a new thing. I don't think I've ever used a hand-cranked meat grinder, but I have seen one used. I remember once, so, you know, the pantry here in Seattle, this cooking Mm -hmm. school. So in the early days when it first opened, um, because Brandon was a part of helping it open, um, I got to take a bunch of free classes there. Mm -hmm. And I took a class with with the guy who owns Rain Shadow Meats. Yeah. Um, Russ? Russ? Yeah, Russ. Anyway, and it was like a whole pig butchery class as though I would ever need to know whole pig butchery. Yeah, but hey, free class. But it was really cool. And anyway, so one of the things that we made after we broke down the pig into all these parts was um, we made our own sausage. And we used, I believe, a hand crank grinder. That's so, there's something so like appealing about that to yeah. me. Like, I mean, I'm it, sure it works it's very hard work. Uh, yeah, we could all, we all trade it off. And okay. then we used like a, like a, a casing stuffer that was pretty cool yes too. yeah that's a thing that i always think like i i want to do that at home sometime but like i know i'm going to do it once and then and then just never use it again uh at Delancey, i also sometimes fantasize about having my own meat slicer yeah that would be pretty great mm-hmm. that'd be pretty great at delancey they grind they make their own sausage and so they get pork i believe mostly from skagit river ranch uh-huh. and of course pork fat yeah and season it, they cube it, season it, uh, then it rests in the walk-in for a little while, and then they grind it using a grinding attachment on the, like, 30-quart Hobart mixer. Oh, wow. And that is a does real it, task. Does it, like, stick out the front, like, on a KitchenAid? It does. It's, cool. It sticks out the front, and so then they kind of put, like, a, you know, like a big 
um, like a big Cambro that's kind of like the mm-hmm. size of a bus tub. A Cambro is a big plastic container. Yes. Anyway, they put that on like a, you know, a stool and it catches the meat as it's coming out of the grinder. I have a question. Yeah. Do you Cambro? Um, yeah, I keep, as we're talking about this, I keep thinking like, boy, this is a really meat heavy episode. We should have like warned the vegetarian listeners, but the episode is literally, literally called ground meat. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. guess we're cool. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh huh. So, like, you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So I made a list of like things I like to make with ground meat or like to eat with ground meat that we haven't devoted a whole episode mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'd love to hear yours mm. also. Can I say mine first? Yes, Because please. I can't believe you didn't mention this. It's Fuchsia Dunlop's uh, send down the, the rice celery with beef. I can't believe I didn't mention that. And I am so excited to report in her new book, which is a which is a new edition, like totally revised and updated and expanded edition mm-hmm. of uh, of Land of Plenty, her first mm, Szechuan yes. cookbook. Yes. There's a there she has updated the recipe for that and made a couple of changes Wait, that, that sounded really good. that recipe was in every grain of rice. Right. Okay. Anyway, that now it appears in the new in the new food of Sichuan. Oh, how is it different? Vamp while I look it up. Okay. So anyway, it is this Sichuanese recipe, and it is almost I think it's I think it's sort of uh, thought of as almost like a relish type thing you would put on to like yes. season your rice. You, you technically, I think when I actually eat it, I probably eat far more of it than I'm like supposed to. It is basically you you um, you dice a whole bunch of celery, you blanch it. And then it's like far more celery than beef or pork. Right. And then you stir fry the celery with, I think, uh, ginger, garlic, bean paste, a little bit of black vinegar, maybe. And and of course, the the beef is in there, too. So it's this like wonderful, like Sichuanese heat. Yeah. And you put a little mound of it on rice, and it's so delicious. So the, in the new book, it's a totally different version. It's ground pork instead of beef, and it adds it, – it keeps the same flavorings but also adds chili oil and uh, uh, ground Szechuan pepper. Ah, okay. So 
I think I think try both. So anyway, yeah. So this one uh, is called Stir Fried Celery with Ground Pork. And what is this book called, Matthew? It is called The Food of Sichuan, a new and updated edition of the classic Land of Plenty by Fuchsia Dunlop. And the one that I'm thinking of is from Every Grain of Rice. Yeah. Which is her previous book before yes. this one. I also want to say that the first time I ever had that dish, you brought it over to us after June June was was born. born. Oh, that was so nice of me. I think that she was like a week or 10 days old. And how did she like it? I mean, she really liked breast milk. So my breast milk was made from it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Would she eat it today? She loves it today. In fact, she asked me what episodes we were recording today. And when I told her one of them was ground beef. I asked her what she likes to eat, or one of them was ground meat. Mm-hmm. I asked her what she likes to eat that's made with ground meat. And the first thing she said was the beef with celery. There we go. Although the last time I made it, she said it was too spicy. Yeah. But it was how I always make it. Well, I, those, those little taste buds are always evolving. Yeah, yeah. Stupid little taste buds. Stupid taste buds. Um, okay, so the thing I made today for the show, which I know I, I know we've made this for the show before and I think shared the recipe before, and we'll do it again. And this recipe is another one that I first came to, to learn about from you uh, during my pregnancy, actually. Wow, do I ever stop giving? No, actually, you don't. So tell him about this recipe. <laughs> God, I wish you would. <laughs> um, I remember you told me about this recipe because I tested anemic. Oh, and like you slightly wanted, and- anemic, and I wanted more sources of like beef. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you suggested this, and then I I remember I ate the living daylights out of it while I was pregnant. Okay, so I even despite having taken a semester of Thai, I don't know how to pronounce the name. It's it's pod krapau. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a, a stir fry of ground meat with holy basil. Mm-hmm. I used Thai basil because I didn't get to the store that sells holy basil, which is actually quite a different herb. Mm-hmm. But it's good with any basil you find. And it's really just a pile of you know sautéed ground meat. It could be beef or pork or chicken or whatever you like with a whole bunch of basil leaves and chilies and garlic thrown in. Fresh chilies. Fresh right? chilies yeah. and seasoned with fish sauce. Mm-hmm. It's so, so, so delicious. And top with a – put it on rice and then top it with a fried egg. It is like – you know, it is it is like a Thai equivalent. It fills the same niche in Thai cooking that the fuchsia dudlop dish that we just talked about does in Chinese cooking. Mm, kind of like a, a like an accompaniment for a bowl of rice. Yeah, so it's not it's not like a huge amount of meat, and like I, I certainly could have used less today. Even like you know like one to two ounces of meat per serving would be fine. Yeah, we definitely had more rice yeah. than meat. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a sad story around this. Okay. So when I was like six months pregnant, um, I my aunt was dying of cancer. Yeah. And I went to Oklahoma to help take care of her. She was living at my mother's house at this point. And anyway, she died very early. This I told you the story was bleak. She died very early on a Tuesday morning, I remember. And that night for dinner... We made this Thai Mm -hmm. beef with basil, and there was a storm warning for that night. This was like late May, still like peak thunderstorm tornado season in Oklahoma City. There was a storm warning for that night. And I have to say that we had a lot going on that day, and we just sort of didn't take it very seriously. Sure. And by the time we, God, you are talking in your serious voice, I, Matthew. I, like, like oh I don't know. God, it's you're, like you're tender, setting you're tender, setting the scene, voice. like like your aunt just died. Like, Sh- yep, yep. Anyway. Okay, for, I'm gonna I'm gonna like jump in with with uh, like tasteless jokes. Okay. 
So by the time we were making dinner, it was when the storm was supposed to be rolling in. And we realized that we had been really dumb not to do what the forecasters said that we should do, which Batten was down the hatches. No, they said actually to like go to a like shelter. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because our house didn't didn't have any basement. There was no storm shelter. Uh, this is very common in Oklahoma, by the way. Most of the houses I ever went in growing up did not have basements or storm shelters. Is that because, like... The water table is quite high. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're just... They're, uh, it's not a typical thing to build a house with yeah. a basement in I Oklahoma I, City. I, I like, or, yeah, I'm at least always where like, I was. remembering fondly our, our three days in Oklahoma City and thinking, like, I could totally live in Oklahoma City and then always remember, like, I would fucking hate the weather oh my like, God. every other time of year. Yes. So anyway, we realized within a matter of moments, because the storm came on fast, as they do, we realized, oh, my God, we should have totally listened. We needed to not be in this house. Like, this storm was going to be really intense, and uh-huh. we, sh- we should have left. Which, I have to say, I never did growing up. Like, we never took shelter in, sure. in like, an official location. So, anyway, by the but, time but we you, realized this... you would take shelter this, in a cool, unofficial location. Yeah, like, an underground dance club. Or, or a uh, closet. Closet, yeah. Well, so anyway, Matthew, by the time we realized this, it was far too late to get in the car and go anywhere. We had just, we went ahead and we ate dinner. Wow, I hope I hope you survived this. This all happened in a matter of like 10 minutes. Uh-huh. We ate dinner. It was me and uh, three of my cousins and my mother. We ate dinner and then we realized like, oh my God, we need to, to get into a safe place in the middle of the house. He built a blanket fort. (laughs) And so what we did was we, um, there wasn't room for all of us in the best hiding place in the house, which was the coat closet. (laughs) So so wait, is a, is a hide and seek hiding, good hide and seek hiding place also the best (laughs) storm tornado hiding place? So you want to get into, um, the centermost area of the house, away from windows, away from mirrors and on the lowest level of the house. Away from mirrors. That's because of, because Because of of like ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) Like a Bloody Mary. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> the lights go out, you lose power, uh-huh. you never know what's going to appear in That's the mirror. Right. Anyway, so my co- one of my cousins and I got into the coat closet. Mm-hmm. By now, the electricity had gone out. My mother and my other two cousins were in the pantry, which was technically not a great place to hide because it was filled with glass jars. The pantry, a cooking school in Seattle. Oh, God, Matthew, now <laughs> you're taking it too far. I, Anyway, <laughs> they so, hid in a, in a pantry full of glass jars. But anyway, meanwhile, that guys, would be so embarrassing if you got killed by like a like I know, a jar by like of a pickles. flying mason jar. Yeah. Anyway, so this is why. Like, so I was six months pregnant. It could ruin pickles for and you forever. I distinctly remember everybody being like, "Molly, you should get in the coat closet because you're pregnant." Fair. Okay. So anyway, at a certain point, and we closed the we closed the door. And at a certain point, we could hear wind whistling through the house. It had blown out a whole bunch of the windows, and there was wind blowing through my mother's house. The electricity was out. Wait, like, uh, wait, wait, it's back up. So, like, it blew, it literally blew the windows out? Yes. So, my mother lived in this house that had the original windows from, like, the 1940s. Not anymore, it doesn't. They were, like, uh, mullioned windows. Oh, yeah. And anyway, it blew out. Fully 50% of the window panes in my mother's house. Like, we, we had to board it up the wow. next day. 
Um, it, anyway, did, at any point, did did your mother shout, "My mullions"? <laughs> Anyway. At a certain point when the wind died down, my cousin Sarah and I, because I was also freaking out at this point. I was oh, losing it. I would, for sure. At a certain point, my cousin Sarah and I went, when the like weather died down a little bit, you, like, you could feel the rain coming into the house. At a certain point, we came out of the closet and ran down the hall to where the rest of the family was in the pantry and joined them because I was kind of like hyperventilating a little bit. We spent like another 20 minutes in the pantry closet. And then we came out. The storm had settled down, had blown over because that's what these things do in Oklahoma. (laughs) Uh It comes and it goes. Are you sure it wasn't just the eye of the storm? But anyway, there was – so the glass windows in the kitchen were almost entirely broken out. And the the wok of Thai beef with basil was still on the stove – and my cousin Jason had really wanted seconds of it, like before we had to uh-huh. go into the closet. And so anyway, he was like standing at the walk, like about to like pick around shards of glass. This this dish was so Jason, good. Jason, no. I know. My mom was like, do not eat that. Yeah. It's filled with glass. Uh-huh. Jason, Jason sounds like maybe the, the brightest light in the family. Jason, Jason is a daredevil. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. what he is. Anyway, but yeah, so this was the night the night of the day that Tina died. And the next day we had to spend the whole day uh, basically trying shoveling glass, trying to remove all the glass from the carpet and like from our clothes. Cause we had suitcases oh on the floor and stuff and boarding up the windows so that we could fly to California where my aunt's memorial service was going to be. So we went to California and left my mom's house with these windows all boarded up. I have a similar story. Do you know those Duralex Picardi glasses? <laughs> Like those things, they're very they're very resistant to breaking. But if you do break one, it'll shatter into a million pieces because it's tempered because it's tempered glass. Yeah, and I broke one recently, like right like into my dishwasher oh, and had to like God. get all of the tiny little bits of glass oh, uh, out of the bo- the bottom of the dishwasher. So that's pretty much the same. That's exactly the same. Um, yeah. Did you feel like like in this moment, like you realized like oh like in a crisis you're going to be the one who freaks out? Yeah, and like and like makes things worse for everyone else because. I definitely am that person. Yeah, I I was fully freaking out. I mean, I think I, I've always been terrified of these kinds of intense storms that mm-hmm. they have in Oklahoma. Uh, and this, I think, was the most intense one I'd ever experienced in all, all my years of living there. I had yeah. never been that bad. That's crazy. Yeah, and no, I was I remember... pregnant and it had, cut, it had been a real hard fucking day. I mean, we'd all been up uh-huh. at 5 a.m. like, oh, my God. Anyway, so that's my super depressing Thai beef with basil story. I don't know if that's really a super depressing story. That's like a story of like resilience and survival and and like a crazy daredevil cousin. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's um I mean, he he's a heliski guide. He takes people Of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. So Did the, he eat the glass? No, beef? he didn't. My mother was like, Don't be a fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was I was the person uh, who who of the of my group of friends that I was friends and family that I was with who uh, who like freaked out on nine eleven and thought we were all going to die uh, despite the fact that we were many thousand miles you thousands were of in miles California? away. Uh, no, I was in Laos. Oh. Oh, so so I was like, we all have to go to the American embassy right now. Like, I don't know why I thought. Oh, that. I think I could have thought the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so for we did, sure. and and they were like, what? 
what do you think is going to happen? I feel like that's one of those things your parents would have told you to do I in know. the late 90s. Like if something bad happens, go to the American embassy. Yeah. Okay. I guess the, I guess the lesson sunk in. Yeah. Yes. Um, you want to talk about some more ground meat things? Sure. Because I, I made a meat list. Let's do. It's yeah. meat list Monday. Is this like a punch list? But it, instead of being like like Hawaiian punch, it's like... <laughs> It's like meat. That's the other thing. At the at the house of my uh, friend whose mom made the spaghetti with meat sauce, they always had uh, Tropical Punch Kool-Aid in the fridge. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, the 80s were so great. I'm going to make this so- soon, like a, n- a nostalgic meal of, of spaghetti with, with meat sauce and Tropical Punch Kool-Aid. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so we talked about th- Thai stir-fried meat, stir-fried ground meat with holy basil at great length. Uh, Mapo tofu. Mm-hmm. Definitely talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Minchikatsu. Mm-hmm. Have you had this? No, I don't it's, believe uh, so. It is a Japanese dish that's like a, a uh, beef patty, usually with a lot of onions, uh, that is breaded and pan- panko breaded and fried. Mm. So it's a, it's a real like, uh, it's like it's like a thing people make at home, but it's also like a thing you can get at any convenience store and it's very greasy and good. Mm. And then is it eaten with rice? Is it No, like sometimes you'll dip it in like a tonkatsu sauce, but like also just like out of out of a little greasy paper bag as a snack. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jamaican patties. Ooh, what what episode did we talk about? I don't those remember, on? but we need to get our hands on some Jamaican patties. I think you're like, gonna have to make them. I think I'm gonna have to make them. Okay, so that's like very spicy ground beef in a pastry crust. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, a, was that on the meat pies episode? It might have been the meat pies episode. Another episode where we probably talked about ground mm-hmm. meat. Why do we even need to do this episode? I have no idea. So we can talk about funny things like your aunt dying and 9-11. Pastizio. Yes. Which you have made, you've made the skillet version. Right. I've me. never made like the real one where you like make parallel lines of pasta tubes oh, in wow. the casserole. Wow, no, I I don't know. I don't have like much of a background or, or much like experience with pastizio. I only I only really have experience with the skillet variety, but it's it's a Greek dish of like uh, sort of ground lamb usually and pasta and sort of like a a what I think it was like Renaissance spiced tomato so war- sauce, warmly spiced, warmly cloves. spiced, yeah, clove and cinnamon type of spice. Okay, okay, uh, very tasty. Yeah, I like I like I like ground lamb a lot. Sometimes I like I if do I, too. If I have some leftover ground lamb, I'll make myself a lamb burger for lunch. It's also so easy to take ground lamb and kind of make it taste like sausage. Yes, that's do you know, true. Do you know what I mean? There's you something did a, you about published it. Published a lamb sausage recipe once oh in Bon gosh. Appetit, didn't it you? Was the very it was the very first piece I ever wrote for Bon Appetit back in two thousand. Can we link to it? It's still online. Eight. Oh, I'm sure it is, but oh. God, I don't know if it's good. It was basically, it was a very simple thing. I called it like a lamb sausage with feta, but mm-hmm. it wasn't even really a sausage. I mean, it, it used ground lamb, uh, but no extra like fat or anything. So I, don't, it, I don't think that's required for a sausage. I think I think like ground meat and salt is okay. really all that's required for a yeah, sausage. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. It had garlic and I shoved like a nugget <laughs> of feta into the middle so it would get kind oh, of oozy. You shoved a nugget, did you? Oh, I should make that again. That was very good. But yeah, I, uh, I'm, sca- I'm scared to look. Usually I... I've tried to reorient my feelings around looking at old writing of mine mm-hmm. because, you know, like it's always a little bit, it's always a little bit or a lot cringy, but yeah, sure. But I'm trying to learn to see the, the bad stuff, like the way that Ira Glass talks about in that famous quote yes. of his, you know, like you can see that it's bad because you've gotten better. I feel like when I look back at my old writing, I can get like 
oh, this is this is cringy, and I would never write it this way. And also, like this part is so good, and I'm not and I'm not good enough to write like this anymore. Both in the same piece. I had so when we so in the digestives episode, uh-huh, last when week? I yeah last week when I mentioned that I had written about these Scottish oat cakes mm-hmm. in like January of 2013. I went back and I read that post and it was so it was so what I loved to do with the blog. It was so like (laughs) conversational, but like for this post in particular, I didn't feel like was trying to be too cute. I think Uh sometimes I was being conversational and cute. Yeah. But anyway, I just loved how like effortless it seemed. Um, And I know it wasn't effortless, but I I don't remember how to write like that anymore. I think you do. Well, maybe you like just took all that and like channeled it into this podcast instead. I think I did. Now my writing is, I hope it still reads like it was easy and and effortless. I think so. But it doesn't feel as playful as that did. But I mean, but your new book, The Fixed Stars, which is available for pre-order now. (laughs) God, it, like you know, it's not, not it's not again. it's not a book about a playful topic, but it but it's still you know like it flows very naturally. Yes, <laughs> but that has nothing to do with playfulness, right? But flow. It feels you're right in that sense. I hope it doesn't feel effortful. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like like you slogged to write it, and it's not a slog to read it, despite being about very serious topics. Yeah. Like like your aunt dying at nine eleven. Oh. oh wait, hold on. So the next item on the agenda is something I also made for Bon Appetit oh, okay. back in Tell those me. days. Pate. I'm so glad because I've never made it and I was hoping maybe you had. I have made uh, both like um, a moose style pate, mm-hmm. like a liver like made from type. moose meat. <sighs> like a chicken liver moose. Um, and then I've also made like a country pate, which is the one that would use ground meat. And it sometimes also includes liver. You are having some trouble getting your apron off because it's hooked on your headphones. Anyway, yeah, country pate is very easy to make. And that's like a, like a coarser one. Yes, that's, a, that's one that you would slice and kind of lay a thin slice on a cracker or whatever. You can't spread that one. Right. And the spreadable kind isn't even really exactly ground meat. It's like no, it's, it's pureed like, meat? It is. It's okay. pureed, pureed stuff. Anyway, yeah, I don't, you wrote on this agenda, are we up for a whole episode on this? I don't think I am. Yeah, I don't think I am either. Like, pate was a thing as a kid that, like, I thought of as a grown-up food that, like, grown-ups would eat a lot, especially if they were fancy. My dad loved pate. Yeah. And, like, I don't think I've eaten pate more than, like, six times in my life. Absolutely not. And every time I have, I'm always like, this is fine. Yeah, I I think that pate is also very like context dependent. Yes, when I was in France, I ate it several times. Yeah, and I think that it's another one of those things. So there are some foods where by the time we've talked about this before, but by the time I finished making it, I kind of just don't want to eat it. Sure. And I felt that way every time I made pate to develop the recipe for that ran in Bon Appetit. I just felt like I never need to eat pate again. Yeah. Like I have been like steeped in like the smells, textures, tastes mm-hmm. of this never again. It sounds like you like you were made into a pate. I was. I was. Yeah. I was pickled in it. And- I turned it I'm a cornichon. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this what happened after like like you remember surviving the uh the tornado 
But actually, oh, but maybe I'm actually you were killed by a cornichon jar when you hid yes. in the in the pantry. You're right, and you are actually what exactly? I lost the plot. Oh, me too. Let's go on. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. One more thing I want to be sure to talk about because this is something I made for the first time recently and was so good. We like it made a huge amount. We ate it for three meals. I I was like kind of skeptical going in because it was just like a lot of ground meat and rice. Why would I have been skeptical of that? What it is is uh, is a uh, kima biryani. And that's and, K-E-E-M-A. Yeah, although it's spelled a variety of different ways. So okay. Kima is, is South Asian spiced ground meat. So like, you know, from, from like Pakistan, India, the whole that whole region, there are many, many different varieties. It can made, be made with, uh, with mutton, lamb, goat meat, beef. Mm-hmm. And it's just some... Spice, spice meat that can go into a samosa, or like uh, you know, used uh, as a as a cooked in with a sauce and served as a curry. Like it's it's great anywhere you find it. But I never made it into a biryani, hmm. and I used a recipe from my my new favorite blog that we talked about on the chickpea episode, myheartbeats.com. That's b e e t s. It is super simple. I made it in the instant pot. You you. Cook some ground beef. You throw in a lot of onions and a bunch of spices and basmati rice, and you cook it, and then it's great. Wow. And what are the spices? It was a large number of spices, and I, I love putting together a spice blend. It's so satisfying. Oh, I don't. I just, Really? I look at it, and I'm like, this list of ingredients is too long moving right along. But it's just it's just all stuff that's sitting in jars in, in but your sometimes I have to go out pantry. and buy it, and then I've got to go to like the bulk spice section because I only need like a quarter teaspoon of this thing that I don't have. And... So I've been trying to lay in a supply of, of the stuff that oh, I know I'm going to need. I've, I've like been, for winter. I'm DTLI. Down um, to lay in. Yes. Yes, I'm laying in for, for the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm putting food by. Are you going to have a lion this weekend? I am going to have a lion. I'm going to have a nice, a nice cup of tea and a sit down and then a lion. <laughs> Great. Okay. Come on. <laughs> um, so, okay, so what spices were in it? Definitely uh, turmeric, cinnamon, maybe a cinnamon stick, cumin, cardamom, coriander. Um, so far, I've got all of these. Some, something, something, uh, cayenne, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe some paprika, garam masala. Mm-hmm. Probably all those things. Was it things. spicy? It was pretty spicy, but okay. like that was, that, that could easily be adjusted. Okay. Um, wow, that sounds great. Will yeah. you link to it on, I will absolutely on the website? Absolutely link to it. Um, Spillmilkpodcast.com. You know, another thing I want to be sure to mention is that I wish I had the link for this. I'll send it to uh, I'll, I'll send it to Abby or you okay. when I find it at home. My mom, my mom is a really avid cook and is always cooking interesting things for herself. Anyway, she recently told me about this Kenyan ground beef recipe that she made with collard greens. Mm-hmm. And I think it had like warm spices in it. Um, cinnamon and things like that. She served it with rice and June loved it. Apparently June was having a, a sleepover at mom's house and apparently she loved it. Anyway, but I want to find the recipe for that. I, I feel like every culture seems to have a version of like ground meat that gets cooked in a sauce. Yeah, for sure. You know, like the sloppy joe of We of didn't even talk. I was going to put sloppy joes on here and I forgot. Like, did you have sloppy joes as a kid? Only in my high school cafeteria. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have not had sloppy joes Are in so- probably 30 years. Uh, wait, is it with ground meat or pulled like pulled meat? No, sloppy joes is with ground meat. Oh, okay. Okay. I think I think it might be descended from from like a pulled pork sandwich. That's a mm. wild guess. Okay. 
Um, but it's definitely like, you know, you combine a can of Manwich with uh, a pound of ground beef and got a sloppy joe. And you got a sloppy joe. Um, and then, of course, there are, you know, casseroles, uh, Doria, for yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. with ground beef. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, soups that use ground beef. Do you have, make any soups that use ground beef? I feel like I have. Or ground um, meat of any kind? Hmm. That's a good question. Nothing is coming to mind, but I feel I, I feel like I have. I always like to keep so so these days. Um, if I can, I buy my ground beef uh, from Skagit River Ranch, mm-hmm. which is grass fed, and I, uh, yeah, like supporting them. Yeah. Anyway, um, I try to keep a pound of that in the freezer all the time, and I will sometimes use that or sausage uh-huh. to make like a quick sort of no recipe pasta sauce. Oh yeah, it's obviously more you know a flavorful if I use sausage. But but anyway, ground beef and onion and garlic, a little bit of oregano. Then you add some tomato, crushed tomato, let yeah, it simmer it down, and then a little bit of cream at the mm-hmm. end. Oh, I forgot red wine in yeah. there too. Do you, yeah. have, do you have a blog post about this or something, or is it just like something you improvise? It's just something freely? I something I just improvised. I feel mm-hmm. like it's one of those things that like everybody who. Yeah, everybody who like everybody winds up having stuff like that uh-huh. that like they sort of figured out once oh, and yeah, they were absolutely. like, "Oh, this works and now I can make it again, but I don't need to write it down because it just makes sense." Oh yeah, like I'll I'll do that like with uh with like bacon and cabbage, make a pasta sauce out of that Ooh. or sausage and cabbage, like like kind of melt the cabbage. Oh man. Oh, I like the idea of the bacon mm-hmm. and cabbage. Yeah, one. it's real good. Oh man. Okay, someday you'll have to describe it to me. I'll usually put in like some butter or olive oil. Yum. Yeah. Yum. So uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com where we'll post some links to those things we said we would link to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. I, I know we, we like, yes. I have one other thing to say about, about ground meat. Um, I think that, um, you know, I think that Mark Bittman, who is not my favorite recipe developer, truth be told, I think <laughs> okay, I've cool. mentioned that before. I think it was Mark Bittman or maybe Michael Pollan, maybe both of them, who mentioned that that using ground meat in your cooking is a way of getting like the flavor of meat mm-hmm. without using a lot of it. Yeah. So if you're trying to like, you know, eat less meat or even like eat more cheaply mm-hmm. or work with whatever you've got, I feel like ground meat is so useful for that because a little bit can go a really long way. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really cool. You don't have to like sit down and eat a whole steak. You right. can. You don't have to. You well, can. You can. Anyway, but you're um, right. It's harder to use to use a whole cooked steak as a seasoning. <laughs> you can. You can like take I find it and kind of like grate it over. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't work great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe if your microplane was really sharp. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do. I do agree with what you said. Cool. Despite despite my flippant approach no i and i know like i don't like to talk about uh i don't like to talk about like well i mean you like to throw mark Bittman under the bus i like to throw mark Bittman under the bus he can take it um but you know we don't like to talk on this show about like quote unquote healthful eating Mm -hmm. or healthy eating or what we should or shouldn't be eating Mm -hmm. for all the obvious reasons but i think that you know all of us are maybe interested in not spending a ton of money on cooking yeah and in being able to work with what we've got and i think like having some ground meat in the freezer has been like uh, a big helper to me in like making an inexpensive meal that can feed people. Sure. All right. Wow, that was a really funny finish to a yeah, hilarious episode. We need to, we need to go back to the nine eleven stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So our producer is Abby Zirkatella, oh. who's probably going to cut out a lot of the 9-11 stuff. I don't know. I already said where you can find us. Please leave us a review. And uh, until next time, thank you for being DTSM. Down to spilled milk? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> you know, I was talking to the audience, not to you. Oh. I mean, but no, thank you, but Molly. I'm also thank down to Thank you SM. for being down to spilled milk for 10, almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. It's been almost, we've been saying almost 10 years for a long time. I hope we get there. I do too. <laughs> I mean, right. we're only like a month away in terms of episodes. Yeah, a lot can happen in a month. Oh, God. All right. Okay. See you next Bye. time. Bye. Wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute. Oh, you're eating it with spoons. God. Oh, God. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.